Let's see what you had to say about our topics this week. Monday, I talked about pro athletes refusing to play their scheduled games in protest of the Jacob Blake shooting. Manny asked, did you see the tweet from the UFC fighter who commented, if these players really want to make a difference, they can walk away from their million-dollar deals, become policemen, and do the job better. Yes, Manny, it did come to my attention, and I found his remarks the very definition of being perfectly frank. If you're one of those players, there's not a lot you can say in response to that. Jim wrote me this. Like you, I'm a baseball fan, and the sport did not handle their boycott, if you can call it that, well at all, in my opinion. Some teams played, some didn't. Of those who did, not all players took the field. Kind of awkward, don't you think? More than kind of, Jim. What was the public to make of that? That some franchises cared more than others? Uh, did it cause dissension in certain clubhouses? As a follow-up to Monday's podcast, on Tuesday I opined that the entertainment field in general plays a more important role in society than we might think. I received an email from Bing Crosby's niece, a lovely lady I met some five years ago when our musical arts scholarship program presented the stage biography of her illustrious uncle who, over his career, had a billion tickets sold to his movies, placing him only behind Clark Gable and John Wayne, and may have sold more records than Elvis and the Beatles combined. We'll never know because such bookkeeping back then was not nearly as accurate as it later became. Her email reads as follows. To your point, Frank, in a poll at the end of World War II, American GIs ranked their top morale boosters, coming in ahead of General Eisenhower and President Roosevelt were Bob Hope's USO tours and at number one, my Uncle Bing. And that may say it all. It may indeed. Wednesday, I asked why people choose to live in harm's way, prompted by yet another killer hurricane, natural disasters that strike our southeast region with startling regularity. Here's Erica's reaction. Throughout this whole COVID thing, you've been preaching that people should be allowed to assume their own risk. If I choose to stay on the Gulf Coast, how is that any different? Well, Erica, as I see it, the odds are vastly different. You have about a 2% chance of catching COVID, and if you do, another 2% chance of dying from it. Living on the Gulf, it's about 100% surety there will be at least one hurricane every year. You're just hoping it doesn't kill you. Then there was this from John, who lives in Florida. I am fortunate enough to have beachfront property. 
If you've ever been to our state, you know how beautiful that can be. Like most things in life, it's a trade-off. 364 days of the year, it's paradise. And then there's that one bad day. I received similar emails from Californians who simply substituted earthquakes for hurricanes in their reasoning. Tomorrow, we'll get to your emails regarding socialism and fraternity hazing. Until then...